We can't see it. But we're all trapped inside these strange repeating loops. Billions of people just living out their lives. Oblivious. But this is the moment. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Look Girl Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing The Matrix Resurrections. The Matrix Resurrections 2021 American science fiction action film produced, co-written, and directed by Lana Wachowski. It is the sequel to The Matrix Revolutions 2003 and the fourth installment in The Matrix film series. Now, before I go hog wild with it, kind of just like in most recent um, IPs, uh, like uh, the the Spider Mans and the uh, the End Games and all these major IPs that have uh, uh, that require you to have some exterior knowledge going into seeing the films. Um, I'm going to try to dance around as many spoilers as I can for the premise of the film before getting into the non-spoiler review and then getting into the spoiler review. I know it's a kind of a little leap of logic to get there, but uh, it's the way I wanted to experience this movie, mostly because I wanted to go in with a fresh mind, um, not knowing too much, considering if you had seen the previous three Matrix movies, um, but yet still getting a review that would be concise and still beneficial to anybody that is thinking about seeing it, but doesn't want to be quite spoiled on the premise or the spoilers as well. So we will discuss it um, in that manner. So, um, yes, the uh, film obviously stars um, the main the main cast of Keanu Reeves, but I don't want to really say too much anything other than that. Um, I think the title kind of maybe gives away more than I would like it to, but, um, but why? So the film was produced by Village Roadshow Pictures and Venus Castina Pictures, uh, Productions, sorry, and distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. Set 60 years after the events of Revolutions, um, the film, um, okay, so this is the premise. Real quick before we get into the premise, um, very high expectations for this film franchise and progressively the movies in the franchise um have not mostly gotten better have i think the pinnacle was probably between the end of the first movie and the beginning of the second one around that time you had the pinnacle of the matrix and so for everyone that has seen the first three matrixes um you know the anticipation going into this is really high. However, can you go into this uh, movie not having seen the other Matrix movies and still enjoy it? I really don't think it's going to be beneficial to those people. It's going to be kind of like watching the fourth season of a, a series that you haven't seen the first three seasons of. I don't think it would, you know, uh, it's not really made for those type of people that are going in um, fresh, let's just say. So clearly they've made this movie for, let's, let's not say the hardcore fans, but at least people that really enjoyed the films, maybe some of the, 
the other works they had of him. I think they had comic books and they also had other adaptations, games and stuff like that. This is a very fourth wall breaking um, style of a movie that um, I think could work on one hand. It feels very much like we're in the mind of the writers of what they were thinking when they were trying to make the movie. Um, now, with saying that, did they accomplish that? Well, in my opinion, I feel like this movie is kind of unbalanced. It's it's fighting with nostalgic references, even flashbacks of the previous movies, alongside trying to reinvent what this IP is um, for the next generation. Clearly, I don't think they want to put a cap on this, I, you know, on the Matrix. They want to reboot it, kind of restart it back up. But with, but with doing that, they're going to have to explain the last movie to us, which is something I'm not exactly sure that the Wachowskis, um, when they were making it, wanted or were going to a hundred percent going to do. I always felt like this series had very big, ambitious ideas regarding the technology and the the tonal, thematic. Um, the themes that were running through this um, IP, but the the problem with it was the way that they were trying to explain it and uh, quote unquote fix the problem, fix the virus, fix the matrix, whatever was through um, you know through the previous movies. It was through love, and that was my biggest issue. I felt like from the previous movies. So going into this, I was kind of, um, I was hesitant a little bit, just in a way, walking into it, knowing that I didn't think the movies were getting progressively better from the first one. The first one was so revolutionary in the way that it was shot, the way that it was, um, it was, uh, brought us into this new digital age of this world and i feel like they haven't not blown our minds but really had a good self-reflection of what the matrix is since the first installment in 2000 um or sorry 1999 i believe and so having the matrix in 1999 kind of give us a visual visualization a visual visualization, of course, of a, a visualization of what this new digital age is going to feel like and look like. That's what we liked about the original. The original one was so revolutionary because it was showing us almost like a different world. You know how two thousand one, uh, a space odyssey almost showed us a different world back in the day, back in the sixties, I believe. Um, it showed us the space world. Now the Matrix. 40 years later showed us the digital world now the matrix rev uh resurrections what i would ideally like it to do is have a reflection of the technology that we are experiencing today the 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 multiverses the metaverses the the new ar vr all the new realities we are currently experiencing now now does this movie take that route no i don't think it does at all I think that this movie is um, almost uh, a winking nod 
to the fans at, hey, we know you guys really wanted a fourth movie and there's going to be big hype for it. So, you know, we're here to do it because we're we're fans, too. And it did feel very much like this was written in a room full of fans, but almost to a detriment. Like there's so many callbacks to the original first three that I'm like, okay, already just show us, just show us something new, show us something more. And so that was where the, my problem with this movie really comes in. The nostalgic grab for this uh, comes from their love of the aesthetic. They love putting Keanu and company all in black and putting the glasses on and doing, you know, bullet time and all of these crazy, um, cool new pieces of state of the art, uh, special effects that they're allowed to do now in the matrix resurrections. Um, but does it ultimately serve to the next plot? Does it make sense in the story of what happened of the previous three movies and the seed of the idea is here, but it the execution is not here at all. The biggest problem with this movie, I've gone nine minutes without talking about it, even in the non-spoiler section, but uh, the biggest problem, in my opinion, is they are taking mostly what feels like aesthetics and ref nostalgic references and trying to overlay them into like bundle package them into the fourth movie as like almost like a love letter in a way. But then it is also um, uneven with saying that it feels like they want to have this story and this plot line to continue on. Hey, this is actually what's really going on. Um, and this is what actually has to happen. However, with them trying to explain the plot throughout of it, I'd say, a third of it, I was kind of confused in a plot of the Matrix that I was already kind of confused in before, but it was still more coherent. The 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 motivations and the storylines of this movie feel so muddled. It feels like either it was working against the studio, like maybe Lana Wachowski was working against the studio or maybe she had full control. I'm not exactly sure what was going on with the story, but it definitely felt like um, there was, you know, this entang, you know, this uh, this pull, this give and pull, I guess, you know, take and pull, whatever, of the the nostalgic references kind of overtaking what was actually happening in the story. It, it came to the point where it was just literally flashes of the previous movies were happening while we're watching this movie. I'm like, why are we going, why are we flashing so much doing these flashbacks to this previous, previous three movies to the extent where it didn't feel like it uh, was serving the, the, the plot anymore. It just felt like it was a, a fan made uh, film at some point. I was like, y'all need to like, y'all need to pull back on the nostalgic references because it's, uh, overtaking what's happening in this movie. So with saying that, let's hop into the actual non-spoiler section of this movie. We're going to talk about the uh, the cast that's in here because I, I kind of wanted to not know who the cast that was in here originally. So with saying that, um, I'll give a quick rating of 6 out of 10, mostly because this movie did not impress me in ways that it's 
hype is 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 leading into it and i'm sorry that the hype is so high for it but it's got the same directors it's got a lot of the same individual same um at least one of the same director i know the other uh, wachowski did not decide to to join in but it has lana so we have the same one of the same directors it felt like the same aesthetic but it's it's uh this was danielle masaki masakasi and John Toll um, were on the cinematography as opposed to Bill Pope, who was the cinematographer on the first three. Um, I definitely feel it has a slightly different aesthetic just because I, I think they might have been still filming on uh, film when we were in the original Matrix 99. I don't have the I don't have that aesthetic pulled up right now, but. There's definitely like a grainier texture to the original movies that this one has more of a sleek film to it. Um, let's hop into the cast of this. So, of course, we have Neo uh, played by Keanu Reeves. We have uh, Carrie Ann Moss returning, Lambert Wilson, Jada Pinkett Smith reprising their roles from previous films in uh, the series. Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, Jessica Hedwick. Um... Hendwick, sorry, Jonathan Groff um, from Hamilton. I loved him in that. Neil Patrick Harris, everyone knows him. Uh, Pyrica Chopra, Chopra Jones. I think that she's the wife of one of the Jonas Brothers at this point. And Christina Ricci. Ricci. Um, the film was... Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, so we already talked about the production and all that. Um, so it's set 60 years after the events of the revolutions. The film follows Neo, who lives a seemingly ordinary life under his original identity, Thomas A. Anderson, Mr. Anderson. Um, but when a version of Morpheus offers him the red pill and opens, reopens his mind to the world of the Matrix, which has become more secure and dangerous in the years since the Smith infection. Neo joins a group of rebels to fight a new enemy. Which ultimately, once you start to hear that kind of premise, it's like, well, wasn't that like previously what was happening in the other movies? And mm, yeah, kind of. Um, I mean, isn't most of the Matrixes, all right, we got to like fight, fight in the Matrix to get out of the Matrix to fight the robots to destroy the Smith's machines or whatever. Um, and at the end of that previous movie, so assuming you saw the end of the Revolutions movie, Neo is like, he goes full on Jesus and just like <laughs> straight sacrifices himself into like a cross. And like, it uh, looks like it overpowers the machines and the machines are just like floating away. And that one guy named Mouse is yelling at everybody. Yeah, 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 we won. And it's like, Mm, that was a little bit premature there, Mouse. Let's not let's not ever do that again. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was like basically what happened at the end of the third movie. So, while coming into this, our expectations are high as hell. Basically, we know that Neo's the one sacrificed himself, and at the end of that movie, I think the Oracle and the Architect are like having a conversation how there's is going to be peace for a very long time, which in this movie we find out didn't exactly happen to the degree that they had predicted um again 
it kind of feels like they're taking elements of the previous movies and trying to quote unquote reboot what's happening but also saying yeah but what happened in the previous movies didn't really all do all that much and you know give or take what morpheus was predicting um so uh following the release of revolutions the wachowskis denied the possibility of another matrix film though rumors emerged since the since then uh, about a possible fourth matrix film and the studio constantly expressed interest in receiving uh, sorry in reviving the franchise hiring zach penn to write a new screenplay after what the wachowskis refused to offer to create more sequels in late 2019 a fourth matrix film was finally announced with lana wachowski returning as their director without her sister and reeves and moss reprising their roles filming started in february 2020 but was halted the next month by covid19 pandemic Wachowski toyed with the possibility of shelving the project and leaving um, the film unfinished, but the cast insisted that she finish it. Filming resumed in August 2020, concluding three months later. So this was definitely shot during the pandemic. Um, Matrix Resurrection had its world premiere in Toronto, Canada on uh, December the 16th, 2021. It was released by Warner Brothers Pictures theatrically in, in other countries on 20, the 22nd of December. It is also available for streaming digitally at the ad-free tier of HBO Max. That's actually how I watched it in the United States for a month, beginning on the same day. Critical response of, to the film was generally positive. The performances and action sequences received some praise through the writing and visual visuals were criticized. I got to say that the visuals were hit and miss on here for me. Um, some look great. Some look like the MCU effect of just sit, standing behind a green screen. I know that's getting to be um, way more comfortable with people. So I'm not exactly sure what to do these days because of the pandemic. I'm sure it's just easier to do that. Um, writing... It's fourth wall breaking and nostalgic to uh, a fault. Um, the writing, I don't think, is is smartly done. I, I feel like they say what's happening on top of showing what's happening. And there's not a lot of uh, show, don't tell. Um, sorry, there, there, there should be more show, don't tell. And I felt like there was a lot of... Uh, exposition dumps they would come to a everyone gets to a room and then somebody would say exposition dump everybody would come to a room exposition dump um which i felt like could have been fixed either by a different editor or a little bit cl a cleaner cut of the writing um just trust the audience to understand what's going on and i felt like a lot of times they were just having to explain what was happening or they would show a flashback of someone that had passed away or something in a previous movie and be like that was my father and he was so and so he was captain he was he was it was like oh my gosh R really it's like i understand I, I i understand from visual storytelling this is your kin or something like that you know i don't need you to beat me over the head with all of this uh so yeah the action sequences are good not great the thing about the 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 wire foo kung fu of the first movie felt very revolutionary was um how calming it was at the same time that um lawrence fishborn was you know kind of giving this um this lesson this 
turns into a video game, which was kind of my problem with the last two movies of The Matrix. And I don't want to go in this thinking that everyone thinks that I'm like, a, you know, uh, a Grinch or a grud, you know, grudging on this, um, begrudging on this Matrix uh, franchise. I wanted this movie to be amazing just as everyone else wanted it to be as well. Um, the thing is, it's just not. the. I think there is a good movie in here with a decent rewrite but there's this concept of living a loop and living a lie that i think is not it's not explored enough in this movie to make it feel like we got to break this we got to break this loop so let me get into the plot and explain a little bit more about my feelings for this movie just because I, it's hard to kind of go into it without saying a little bit more i don't have the um box office numbers for it right now uh, because it's being released on hbo max i guess they're just hiding their their how much it's going to cost as well so maybe in the near future i'll be able to figure out how much it is but i'm going to guess that this cost at least 100 to 150 because that was what the previous movie was um estimating about and most movies are going to towards the 150 200 200 million dollar mark these days so yeah let's um hop into the spoiler section for matrix resurrection okay so by now i would have expected you to have watched the matrix Re matrix rev well the matrix resurrection it's hard to say fast and uh, there is a stinger scene at the very end that it's stupid. It I don't even think it, it's it's uh, yeah yeah there's there's a terrible terrible um, spoiler at the end spoiler uh, stinger at the end that almost makes me never want to watch uh, stingers again. <laughs> it I, I hate what MC, the MCU has done with stingers. So let me get a little bit of coffee. Sorry, I had to go a little shave this morning, but because I'm eating my mustache right now. <laughs> okay, so, all right, here is the plot for The Matrix Resurrections. Resurrection, sorry. Technically, it's a Resurrections. Within an isolated modal which immediately when the word modal came up, I was like, oh gosh, this is a little bit, I don't know if I like this. Within an isolated modal of the Matrix, Bugs, the captain of the Minosi, I don't know, sorry. Wait, how do you say this? I don't know. Maybe I can get this speech it. The Minosine, I guess. Okay, so um, Bugs, the captain of the Minosine, uh, encounters a program running old code involving Trinity's discovery of Neo's location. Before agents of the Matrix find her, Bugs finds one of the agents behaving strangely, and he discovers he is actually the embodiment of Morpheus and helps him to get free from the node before it is erased. Okay, so instantly hearing the model, the node, the minazine, I was like, oh, good. On top of uh, Jessica Hedwig's blue hair, I was like, hmm. I I understand that we're trying to go with the um, 
90s hip aesthetic and all of that. But I was like, I thought that you wanted to blend in. And she's got this blue hair, look, making her look like Sonic. Didn't know what to do. Um, with these fourth wall breaking kind of let's go back to the original um, scene of the first movie. I was like, maybe this could be cool. But we've kind of started to see this in other movies where... You know, we're revisiting the scene the, the, of the crime or something like that. And uh, I definitely felt like they were talking in a way that um, was talking to the audience as if they hadn't seen the first movie in like 20 years. And the way that they cut in between the editing in this, the way that they are cutting in between the older movies, it would probably drive me nuts if I had just watched the older movies. It would almost feel like, oh, this would be so cool if when he's punching at the same time, you cut it to when they were shooting. They were punching each other in the other movie as well. And it's like that would be kind of cool for like one or two shots, but not for every action scene having it cross cut between the previous fight and a different movie. Um, just threw me out every time. So... On top of the, the sketchy writing between uh, Bugs and Morpheus, I did like the casting between them. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Yahya Abdul and uh, Jessica Hedwick. I, I thought Jessica Hedwick was one of the stronger aspects of Iron Fist, which was not a very good show. Um, but apparently she actually knows <laughs> how to whoop some ass. Um, and Yahya Abdul-Mateen, uh, Dr. M AKA, um, I guess I can't really say too much, uh, Oh, uh, he he can play his role so well. I think he's a very charismatic guy to watch on screen. And so having him play Morpheus, but in a slightly different role, I felt like it, it could have been done. Was it explained well? I don't think so. Um, Neo now in The Matrix as Thomas Anderson is a successful video game developer, create, creator of a trilogy of games based on his dreams of the matrix which is an awesome idea it's like he's stuck in this loop and he's having dreams about it and he's actually still in the loop um and with saying this like this loop that he's in i felt like they really needed to emphasize that he's stuck in this and he's seeing trinity and he's stuck seeing her and they do to like a minor extent but it feels like they need to break their loops in a way to you know to get outside of the machine to speak it's kind of hard to explain but there's a, there's a crumb of a good idea of them being stuck in these loops and i like that idea but i wanted it to be more like stuck in these loops of stuck in this metaverse and everyone else is around you like a bot and it felt like that that's what they were trying to do trying to say but that's not exactly how it was portrayed so he frequents a coffee shop where he encounters, sorry, where he continues to encounter Tiffany, a, a married mother who reminds him of his dreams of Trinity. Neo having troubled, sorry, Neo having trouble separating dreams from reality, his therapist consults him and provides him blue pills to help keep his sanity. I felt like we really needed to be rooted in, in, 
him losing his mind and losing his sanity and not knowing between what is real, what isn't real. This is a very interesting and very cool idea that they could have had Neo just like sitting there like, oh, shit, man, I'm going back to the Matrix. And it's like the the, the therapist is there to say, oh, no, 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 you're not. You're this isn't. Uh, you know, this is real life. This is the matrix that this is that and this is the other what is real. And I felt like the the biggest problem of this movie was not giving me uh, not giving Neo the ability to feel like, hey, he might actually be in a simulation. I always felt like we were in the simulation of the matrix when we were in the first three movies, uh, mostly due to the aesthetic and kind of the drabness of the of the of the world but it felt like they kind of brightened the aesthetic they 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 took away a lot of the uh the green hues of what's happening in the first three movies and don't have it nearly as much here so it feels like he's way more in the real world but what's doing that it definitely makes it hard for the um for us as um, the viewer to kind of be like, oh, yeah, we're definitely in the simulation. I mean, there's a couple times where they're like naming people and they're like, oh, that's that's uh, Mr. Smith or something like that. And he's taking over these bots. And there's ideas of people just being bots in this world, which I think is one of the coolest things, which make making them more personable to understand that, you know, some he some people are bots and some people are, you know, being taken over as Mr. Smith's or something like that. Um it's very cool ideas. There's a, there's one specific part where this guy is like laying in bed with his wife or something like that. And he's just like sits up for a second. His wife looks at him and he's like, like turns into a Mr. Smith and like jumps, jumps out of bed and jumps out of the into the uh, into the glass right out of a building. I was like, God dang. I was like, that is what I'm talking about. I want some like more interaction and more down, down to earth, real life what's going on with the real world and type stuff. I didn't feel like the world building in this movie was set up in a way that we understood the motivations. We understood uh, what exactly could be done. Could he be hurt? What what was going on with being jacked in and out of the matrix? They didn't have to be in phone booths anywhere, but they could travel through mirrors at some point. I don't, I don't know. Um, let's continue on. Maybe we can understand this. What I'm saying is, ultimately, this movie was overly confusing and heavily nostalgic in ways that didn't serve the plot. Um, so, we could having Neo in this first half of this movie kind of being confused as hell. I thought he was confused as hell and removed from the third movie. Um, they need to quit dampening his powers in, in the Matrix because he's like, I guess having Superman just be super the whole time is not interesting because i think most people want to see more uh, neo you know whooping ass and stuff like that and flying around and doing all this crazy shit but really since the third movie they've had to dull him down they uh keep him in a train station for the first little bit of the third movie um they blind him the second half of the third movie so he can't see um this movie the first half they um make him basically have uh, he, he can't he's having like distorted uh, a distortion from reality and stuff like that it's like come on if if he's the one let him do some shit <laughs> oh my goodness so uh 
Neo having trouble separating dreams from reality, his therapist consults him and provides him blue pills to help keep his sanity, which is we, we could have gotten all of this in like maybe 15 minutes if they had a quicker edit. But I feel like it probably takes at least 25 to 30 minutes to understand how far in, you know, how deep he is into the Matrix. Because at some point I was like, wait, is he really in the real world or something like that? I was like, what's going on? So at some point, however, Neo refuses to take his medication and notices an intruder in the private instance of his game. And so um, there are flashes of him being an older man and looking completely different when he is uh, looking in the reflections of, of things in the game, I guess, or of the illusion. And... That's pretty cool. I thought that I was like, all right, so we got something there, but it feels like it's dropped just like that. It didn't really matter that he looked like a different person or not, or if that he he appeared to look like a different person. How did that matter? It didn't matter at all. Um, so he notices an intruder in a private instance of his game, but this instance is later deleted by his by by Smith, his business partner who claims their investors Warner Brothers, which I was I was very impressed that Warner Brothers wants to get so meta with um, how they want. Um, they probably do want a fourth Matrix. And it's kind of like the conversations they probably had behind the scenes a little bit. They're like, let's be meta about it and stuff like this. And there are times when you can be meta, but this is like, it feels like, all right, it sounds like we're just listening to conversations y'all had on the phone before y'all actually made the decision to make the movie. So Smith, his business partner who claims their finance, their financiers, Warner brothers want them to make a sequel to their trilogy. Um, and his business partner is played by Jonathan Groff, which I felt like they needed to like really push that forward. Like they didn't feel like they had any chemistry together to really, uh, have that type of rapport they didn't have any rapport in that way keanu has this young buck who is young and eager he's like the millennial version and when i say millennial i do mean millennial but somewhere between 40 and 25 um that there's these young millennial like nerds that are all talking about you know what do you really want in a matrix resurrections or in a fourth matrix movie and they're talking about it as if it would be like a fourth matrix game i believe but um it's funny for all the things that they're talking about they're like you know the media doesn't know the people don't know that they're talking about the cat tricks in the uh uh, the stinger scene at the end. I was just like, y'all just don't know what you want to do. It felt like this first hour of this movie felt super heavily based in the way that um, Cowboy Bebop live action has happened. Um, for anyone that hasn't seen it, it feels like they looked at the original material and tried to recreate it, but it turned out to be more of a Saturday Night Live recreation and less of uh, the original, you know, homages to it. And it feels like they're trying to do homages to to the original movie, but it's to the detriment of the film. Like I said, the nostalgic is being beat over the head 
to the point where we're even we might as well just watch the original three movies because you're showing it anyway. So having these millennial guys walk around a table talking about what do the people want. And I don't even think there were that many women in there considering that Lana is, you know, one of the creators. I thought that was kind of interesting. But anyways, um, I was like, come on now. We, we, we can we can do better than this and we don't need to spend time with people talking about what ifs and you know i don't mean to be harsher or you know to be rough on the crew and everything because it's i understand how difficult it is to make a movie it's close to nearly too impossible to to make but with saying that it's like this is a really high bar right now and having people explain to us how important the bar is does not make it any better you know um that, that, that's my thing. So outside the Matrix, Bugs and Morpheus locate Neo's signal within the Matrix. Despite the the general uh, belief that he had died at the end of the Machine War, they trace Neo to Anderson and realize he subconsciously had to run the modal instance to allow Morpheus to be freed. Which is like okay, <laughs> um, okay. And I still, to me, to now, even at this point, I don't even understand why uh, uh, Morpheus is in the state he is now. I, I've listened to two reviews and I still don't understand. So if someone wants to explain that in the comments, y'all can go ahead of, of why we have a, a digital Morpheus that feels like he can do anything at this point. Um, and almost every scene with them feels like they're, they just really want to have like a... Uh, they're holding back so hard on wanting to do more special effects with these people. Um, Bugs and her allies enter the Matrix to locate Neo's body in the real world and discover that Smith is actually Agent Smith. They're like, whoa, big surprise. Um, who has been keeping a close watch over Anderson's activities. Bugs helps Anderson elude Smith as well as people under the influence of a so-called swarm mode in which the bots bl um, blending in as humans are turned against a target. It's kind of just like they take over the body and it's like, right, they go after you. Um, and what's like the, the horror of the body horror of the first movie is tried to be you know replicated in here with the mouth um, conversation with uh, his mouth, Neo and his, uh, his partner and his, his mouth is kind of shut again. Uh, it, it's sort of reminiscent, but it still feels a little bit too digital to me. It's just like not scary anymore. It's something about the digitalness of it just takes away from it being feeling tangible and scary as, as it should be. So um, Bugs and Morpheus explained to Anderson he is within the Matrix Matrix's simulation um neo's first refuses to believe and then with this perception of reality already waning anderson agrees to be extracted and i will say just like at first he is just like kind of freaking out a little bit not even to the extent of the first movie but it's just like you know they're talking about you know oh it feels you know like a dream or i've done this before or deja vu or you know the cat or something like that it, it's all feeling so so familiar and I gotta say, there was a lot of cuts and a lot of scenes to, to uh, Keanu, and I felt it was just, he's just like, what? He's like, 
oh no okay uh, there's a lot of just like cut to this reaction cut to the you know you're in a simulation he's like what it's like neo we need to get out of here okay the questioning of him of the reality of what was happening just was not there he's not he's not channeling even like wait what kind of energy he's he you need to be like i'm in a fucking uh, a simulation like what the fuck like i didn't feel like there was ever a time where he's just like completely wigging out about it i mean with the exception of him being in the bathroom and kind of being like whoa oh you can't this this can't be happening again i'm losing my mind or something like that it's like all right you you i'm i would believe that you would be like tripping on drugs more than i would be believing that i was in a simulation but okay um it just feels like these reveals are just like okay so um let me continue uh so yeah neo refuses to believe at first but then his perception of reality already waning anderson agrees to be extracted neo wakes up in a pod okay so this is one of the parts where it does start to feel like uh the matrix again it's like when he wakes up from the pod shaven head we have a fresh clean ass baby ass baby ass looking uh uh neo keanu reeves he shaves his beard he shaves all of his hair i think he might even shave his eyebrows i don't remember but um complete maybe not his eyebrows but completely shaven and i'm like god dang it now that feels like when him waking up from the pod that feels like the matrix like him just like realizing that this is real life and that's where i was like now this is what i came for um and when the the fact is having him go back and forth with the the editing between him uh going in and out of the matrix is cool because it you know he has his beard and he has his long hair and he has he looks like you know john wick when he's in the matrix but then when, when he's in the quote-unquote real world he um is completely shaved shaven and everything like that and bald and so i'm just like that's the difference in those is the juxtaposition is like wow this definitely feels like that's one of the things that makes it feel like a simulation and i feel like that probably takes 40 minutes in the first movie for that to happen and this took entirely too long to happen which is basically kind of like a a redux of the first one i had heard jeremy john say this is kind of like the the force awakens ish version of uh the matrix and i the more i'm talking about it the more i'm definitely seeing uh this the same layout and the same the same beats are being played here you know realizing you're in a simulation the very beginning is basically the trinity stuff um with the kick and whatnot and that wasn't carrie ann moss in that was it i didn't think that carrie ann moss was uh in that first scene but it looked like her i don't know whatever anyways he wakes up from uh, neo wakes up from in a pod seeing trinity confined in uh, a similar pod near his um mach- the machine entitles loyal Sorry, machine entitles loyal to humans. However, uh, recover him before he can free her. I don't know. Was this, was this written by somebody that can't speak English? Um, okay, so this was another problem I had in the original movie. I might, I, I, I didn't understand how exactly they became free from the pods, and then they ended up the the people ended up gaining gaining you know neo instead of him going to like the bots or something like that it kind of happens here again but it's explained because 
the machine that grabs him just like scoops him up out of this little pod blah, 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 like this little pod um is like a good guy and apparently there's like good robots now that kind of ev evoke uh transformer vibes and a little bit have these personalities kind of like them high five and the crew and whatnot i was like oh jesus <laughs> um i don't know if i like this and so um so he, basically he grabs uh neo and neo is like looking directly at the other pod where um carrie ann moss is at so um he sees her as he's being taken out of the pods like bloop and so he is taken to the minasine minu mine ship in a loading construct morpheus reveals that neo created uh morpheus as an algorithmic reflection of two forces that helped neo become the one morpheus and agent smith um it's like what Okay, so he is taken to the ship Menazine. In a loading construct, Morpheus reveals that Neo created Morpheus as an algorithmic reflection of two forces that helped Neo become the one. Morpheus and Agent Smith. A yin and yang, yang type situation, but, um, you know, I, I was like, okay, whatever. At this point, whatever. <laughs> and... The aesthetic of where they're having this conversation is in what looks like an abandoned movie theater with the first movie playing in the background. And just like when Keanu is explaining that he might have put himself too many times in the movie and not made it more about like a, a team cooperative effort, kind of like the writers saying you know we're sorry that you know we made it too much about the one and not too much about anybody else but it's like i don't need apologies for this just kind of just do the fucking movie i don't need i don't need all this so um uh yeah i, I mixed feelings about having that it just was throwing me out and it just i don't i don't know it just was weird um Neo is taken to the new human sanctuary, Lo, where he is reintroduced to elderly Niobe, which, why is she this old? Is I guess since it's been 70 years, she has to be like almost look like she's 80 or something like that. But I don't know. They they didn't. I guess she's the only returning character besides Carrie Ann Moss. And is that right? I know that. There was another person in this. Lambert Wilson. Oh, Lambert Wilson. <laughs> oh, God, they fucked his shit up. All right. So, yeah, I guess that would make sense that she's supposed to be like 80 or something like that. But she doesn't look that bad. I, the, the problem is they, they shouldn't have made uh, Neo and uh, Carrie Ann Moss be so much older, but not have aged any, I guess, because they've been in the pods. Whatever uh niobe explains 60 years have passed in the real world and human survivors have allied with some of the machines both in and outside the matrix to keep the system working against an anomaly 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 like anom anomaly was created sorry anomaly within it uh niobe takes uh neo to meet 
Sati, an exile program he had previously met. And we get a full explanation was, do you remember my father from the third movie? And it's like, oh my God, if you had just seen the third, the last couple movies, you don't need to say, this is him. This is what he looked like. This is what he did. He did a sacrifice. He did all this. And it's like, just show us in like three seconds, a guy from the previous movie, like the times that you want to do the flashbacks, are the I feel like the times they didn't do the flashbacks. They did the flashbacks at random times in this movie, um, not for storytelling purposes. I felt like it was more for like being in touch with with the previous movies. It was very hit or miss. And I was like, just show him. Just I guess because you have to like uh, logistically, you have to get that actor's permission to be in the movie again. But I was like, they're showing every other part of the other movies. It's like, my lord, the, the one times you want to show them, it felt like they weren't. So um, we see Saudi again and uh, an XL program he had previously met and explains that, uh, that the anomaly was created after the war, the machine war, and somehow resurrected neo and trinity and kept them inside um kept them isolated from others sorry though neo wants to rescue trinity saudi warns against it niobe orders neo to remain outside the matrix but bugs morpheus and others defy her in order to free trinity and i guess we do understand the connection of the energy that is produced between neo and trinity it's eventually explained that they're wanting each other produces more electricity or more power or energy which i'm like okay i'll i'll i'll, I'll take the bait for that but i'm not gonna just like take it blindly um the stakes of understanding what could happen if it goes wrong i don't think are established here at all and this is one of the problems of the middle section of this movie when it comes to bringing them into the real world once again it's one of the least interesting parts of the movie um that the stakes are not established of i guess if things go wrong and trinity is not rescued then you know their bunker could be you know outed or something like that in the real world i was very i don't understand exactly what the the stakes are again because i felt like they're just starting the war kind of back over a little bit but it, like i said i was confused um and they even kind of go above and beyond try to ex explaining it but i was like why did y'all even make a plot this convoluted anyway kind of felt a little bit like eternals with the storytelling in that way uh, coordinating activities in and outside the Matrix, Neo and Bugs enter the Matrix but are met by Smith and others uh, and other exile programs who want to see the Matrix return to its former form. Uh, it's like, okay. Um, while Bugs and her crew fight the exiles, Neo and... Sorry, fight the exiles... Neo faces off against Smith and slowly recalling his previous abilities to bend the rules of reality within the Matrix. It's like he's trying to relearn everything he had previously already done the previous three movies. 
And like I said, if you had just watched the previous movies watching this, you're like, dude, you know so much. You can fly. You can whoop ass. You can stop bullets. And now you got this force push thing going on. Um, fucking kick some ass. <laughs> and so um, having him dulled down every every movie for some reason is kind of annoying. Uh, da, 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 da. So, um, okay, with Smith defeated which I didn't even feel like it was like a full defeat. Every time that we've defeated Smith in all these movies, it felt like the final defeat, and he just ends up coming back somehow. I don't know why this he would think fighting him, fist-popping him left and right a thousand times is really going to do any difference, because it, it, he's a program. Bugs takes Neo to Tiffany's repair shop, but before Neo can talk to her, um, his therapist appears and immobilizes neo and for some reason he has like all of this like okay i guess this is explained here he can manipulate time unlike neo the therapist reveals himself to be an analyst a program that succeeded the architect studies the human psyche and has since grown more powerful okay so there was not really a, a time i really felt like this thing was actually uh, a program Every time Hugo Weaving was on screen, I felt like he channeled robot energy. He channeled cold, heartless, calculating uh, statistics of this is what I got to do next. And I still felt like Jonathan Groff um, was channeling more of a personality and not so much robot personality. It, I guess that that that's one of my problems as well. I did think I compared the matrix to terminate the terminator series in that way as well and i was getting very late stage terminator vibes when watching this as well um so he's he's succeeded the architect he studies the human psyche and has grown more powerful than you could ever imagine he saw neo and trinity die at the end of the machine war but created the resurrection pods to study them which okay just just it feels like when someone doesn't know when to end a story and they're like and then and then and then you know that kind of thing um so he wants to build the resurrection pods to study them through countless iterations he found that individually the two conditions sorry the two condition sorry through countless iterations, he found that individually, the two were not special, but when they worked as one, they overpowered the system. Uh, the analyst has thus found that a condition of balance is achieved if the two are near each other, but do not actually make contact. Okay. Uh, since Neo's liberation has destabilized the system, the machines prepared to reboot the matrix again but the analyst halts them threatening to kill trinity if neo does not return to his pod and i never felt like that push to be like get back in your pod get back in your pod i never felt like there was that type of uh push and pull kind of thing to the narrative aka the motivation the motivation for Ke keanu reeves is like wait what trinity oh oh yeah trinity i go that way it's like a dog with a, a, a post office truck or something like that. You know, he doesn't know what to do. He's going to get it, but that's what he wants. Um, 
Neo and Bugs are forced to leave the Matrix when another loyal ship to Niobe brings the Minasign back to Lo. Neo persuades Niobe, Niobe to let let him free Trinity. Um, within the Matrix, Neo demands the analyst to release Trinity if she decides to be freed from the Matrix. Agreed to return to the Matrix himself if she declines. It's like, okay. The analyst agrees Trinity as Tiff... Sorry, the analyst agrees Trinity. Trinity as Tiffany is brought to them when the question is posed to her. Her family appears in an attempt to keep her within the matrix. See, there is no motivation or there's no gravitas or ethos or pathos or whatever you want to call it, story-driven motivation for Carrie Ann Moss to stay with her family. You just have to believe that she loves this random family that is being generated for her. And that's another problem with this movie. It's like just saying that being there, doing that does not make it so. Um Thus, we're just told about it and shown one quick scene with her family in Neo at one point, which did make me laugh. He's like, are you trying to bang my mom? It's like, it's funny. You've seen Carrie Ann Moss? <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah. And that one scene when uh, Keanu Reeves' partner is like, oh my gosh, male alert. It's like, do we have to say that? <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't have to say that. The... Um, so at the last second, she rejects that reality and recognizes recognizes herself as Trinity, which is like, whoa, big reveal there. It's like I kind of expected that to happen. The predictability in this movie was kind of lame, um, very predictable. The analyst prepares to kill them, but Smith intercedes temporarily stopping the analyst and giving time for Neo, Trinity, and the others to escape with a pretty cool fight, I think. Um, Neo and Trinity race ahead to give Bugs and others time to extract themselves, but the analyst turns to a, a swarm against them. The pair race into a skyscraper with nowhere else to go. Before we get to the skyscraper, it was crazy. Just everybody, all these people turn into bots. Like I said earlier, this one guy sleeping with his wife and he's like, it turns into a fucking bot. And it's like, at one point, Seeing Neil Patrick Harris having to like fight Jonathan Groff at one point, I was like, what is even going on at this point? It feels this felt like a crazy SNL skit um, gone awry with a $200 million budget. I was like, God dang. And so having people just running through the streets, Walking Dead style, this was the coolest shit in the entire movie. And it felt like they waited till the very last moment to really turn people into bots. I was like, this is when you could metaverse this shit. You need to really have this visualization of these are just bots. You know, fuck these people up, I guess. <laughs> I mean, technically, they're not just bots. I think those are actually real people in the real world, but they're just plugged into the matrix. But anyways, that's off the point. Who cares? Just bottom up. They're all bots. Um, so anyways, the pair race into a skyscraper and having people just jump out of the skyscrapers just trying to kill them was crazy. And I was like this. Now, those are the cool scenes that I was like uh, a little bit traumatizing, but still memorable. Um, the pair race into a skyscraper with nowhere else to go. The two jump with Neo expecting them to be able to fly away. And he try, tries a little bit earlier. He gives him a little whoosh and he can't do it. He almost feels like uh, Clark Kent when he can't have, he doesn't have his powers. Uh, I think one of the supermen has that. I think it's like two or three. Um, but uh, 
The two jump with Neo being expected them to fly away. Neo fails to do so, but Trinity develops the ability to fly. Just, just she can do it now. I guess she's got the power, allowing them to escape and regain control of the Matrix. In an aftermath, Neo and Trinity return to the to face the analysts, pr- promising to reform the Matrix and assuring him that he will fi- face dire consequences should he try try to seize control again. Neo and Trinity both fly away into the sunset of New York or something. And that is the Matrix Resurrection. Let me know what you thought about the movie. Let me know what you thought about the review. Please thumbs up. Go to patreon.com slash podcast for all of the full library. Get uh, reviews on animated shows and TV shows uh, and movies. And be sure to um, check out the different tiers on there. Go to luckadollpodcast.com for more uh, of the library. You can get all of the social medias there. You can support us there. You can do everything above this um, above the sun, the Matrix there. You can join the Matrix and Look It All Podcast and whatnot. Um, thumbs up, subscribe, follow, do what you can to do to support the podcast. Um, thank you all for subscribing on uh youtube and all of the important podcast providers as well uh, five stars on itunes everything you can do to support the podcast absolutely helps um i hope everyone is having a good holiday season and uh, uh staying healthy and um, being safe out there in the crazy world that is uh i guess the matrix what feels like we're in the matrix but anyways let me know what you all thought about uh the matrix resurrections like i said it is about a six out of ten mostly because i had really high expectations the look of it just didn't it didn't hit for me the 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 story did not do it for me the action was not nearly even as memorable and it's just there's so many things about this movie that feels so messy and the editing feels like it's just holding it back in so many ways unfortunately i i do think that there's a good story in here but the editing is just like it just takes me out every time so uh and yeah i there was one character when they're fighting at one point lambert wilson comes back from like the, the second or third movie i think i think he might be in this the second movie and he is just blurting out like the most bizarre things that probably the majority of the fans were actually thinking about and it's like dude blurting out being self-aware about bad bad stories and ip is not making it any better (laughs) um let's not do that it kind of feels like the the deadpool effect of then everyone is now talking to the camera and talking to the audience so let's um reel that back a little bit and see what we can do i don't think that this is a great installment in the films it's probably it makes the third one look a little bit better in my opinion um just as a completed story this just feels like and then and then and then it if this was a story on television this would be like the backdoor pilot of where they introduce a whole bunch of random characters to you know do the spin-off in the next couple movies but that's just kind of what it felt like um and again the 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 uh supporting cast for this um they did a good job but they weren't memorable like the original matrix was like joey pants i didn't even ask for that guy to be memorable 
but he just was he just uh, captured the screen and um having morpheus in the matrix in the first movie felt like he participated a lot more um and he hasn't quite as much since they don't know what to do with the morpheus character i think after the second movie and so once he finds the one he's just kind of like relegated to the back seat so let's see if we can kind of clean this up maybe make it a little bit better i don't know what do we, what does it need a limited series of kind of explaining what the world is again the thing is the matrix can be so many things but it's it's not it's kind of limited in scope um i think you can expand the scope of it completely uh up in the story and you know kind of make it more relevant to what today's day and age is that's what i would do if i was i was making it. but um yeah let me know what you would do let me know what you thought about the movie i saw this take it easy dream.